Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's broadcast. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. And uh, we are taking your calls this afternoon, knowing um, that the Lord is going to use this show. Uh, He's going to minister to our hearts. We're going to have fellowship over the airwaves, whether you're here in the metro area or you are uh, on the East Coast or down South. We are welcoming you to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, and I have the privilege of being the host on the show a couple times a week. And I want you to call, so give me a call, 303-690-3000, And you can text me when we're waiting for phone calls to come in. We use the text line pretty extensively, 720-336-0897. That's a dedicated phone number just for texting. Uh, you can use your Android, your iPhone, your iPad, doesn't matter what you use, that will that number will receive text messages, iMessages, whatever you want, however you want to send it, send it to us, and I will get it, and if uh, we have time, I'll use it on the air. If we don't have time, I pray over them, sometimes I can answer them, sometimes I can't, uh, you just don't know, you don't know how the day will go, so 303-690-3000, have a special guest In our pulpit last night at Calvary Church, Pastor Kyle and his wife Krista are here uh, in the last stages of their furlough from the ministry, church planting, and uh, all kinds of ministry going on in Belen, Brazil. Uh, If uh, Brazil is a place that has captured your heart and you want to get behind some missionaries that are on the cutting edge of ministering to the down and out, whether it's through the dynamic uh, time of their park outreach where they do church in the park every week or in their building or reaching out to the prostitutes or the drug addicts or you name it. Uh, God is using them in incredible ways and we received an update from them as well as Pastor Kyle taught us in the Word on the topic of doubt and unwavering faith. It was very powerful I just sensed in Kyle this prophetic edge in his teaching, like God has given him that prophetic edge and that sense of a prophet, uh, an exhorter, and uh, it was really, really good that um, God built us up. And and so we're Wednesday nights we do it's a variety of things. It's a real big family gathering, and uh, we do a, we. It's you never know what a Wednesday is going to be. I mean, normally we're teaching through the Bible, so regularly we're actually in the Book of Daniel. On Wednesdays, I've been putting studies together. It's wow, so encouraging. Uh, it's been many, many, many years since I taught the Book of Daniel. So going through it again, uh, studying it, 
reading through it, being inspired by Daniel, being inspired by prophecy, but more importantly, being inspired by God. God is the central focus of Daniel. And if you're ever in a Bible trivia uh, game, and, and you're questioning, what's the central focus of Daniel? What's the theme of Daniel? God. What's the theme of Matthew? God. What's the theme of Revelation? God. He is the focus of the entire book. And I was meditating on this truth today, just praying to God in my teaching and also in our church, the, the, for a lack of a better phrase, the American church, the church in the United States, have made almost made self the center of the Bible. Like it's all about like a self-help book and how discouraging that it, that is. It's not a self-help book. <laughs> it, I, just write that. You know, maybe if you're driving, you can't write it, but like write that down. My Bible is not a self-help book. It's the exact opposite. I wonder if you ever considered that. The Bible is not a self-help book. Maybe you disagree with me. Call me. I'd love to hear your point of view. But I stand firmly on the, the biblical truth that the Bible is not a self-help book, but rather it's a book of revelation. And the greatest revelation of the Bible is God. It is a book where he reveals himself and the plan of salvation for his creation that has fallen away from him. Not only that, but why? salvation needs to take place. Not only that, but the very source of salvation and the very pathway to have your sins forgiven. Maybe you think, maybe you go to a church that just a lot of little platitudes and self-help and be a better person and spend your money better and be a better parent and be a better, be a better, be a better, which in and of itself is not bad because a believer in Jesus Christ will be better but it's not a self-help book. Do you think it's a self-help book? Call me. I'd like to hear your point of view. Um, maybe we, maybe you have something to add to the conversation. The Bible is not a self-help book at all. 303-690-3000. Up to Greeley, Colorado. Jennifer on line one. Jennifer, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome, Jennifer. Um, so I was calling uh, for some prayer. Um, I'm struggling with submission. And okay. So I just need prayer. Okay. Do you want to talk about submission a little bit, or you just want me to pray? Um, I just no, I don't think so. God, God's been um, showing me some stuff this week, and okay, it's just but, hard. It's hard for me because of my mindset, but yes. I'm willing to walk where He takes me. Okay. And I just and, need prayer for that. And I would agree with you. It is hard. Um, submission, especially from your with past hurts and past difficulties, it is hard. But but I think listening to you, God has got a hold of you, and you can trust Him as you yes. choose to submit yourself. You know, and here and I would just say this: the order of submission is first to God, and then to others. And there are so many different areas of your life that you submit that you've learned already. You know, even in the conversation, I don't know if you notice, but when it's my turn to talk, you're quiet. And when it's your turn to talk, I'm quiet. And that's a form of submission. Did you know that? 
where I'm just respecting you, you're respecting me, and and that's really the essence of submission is respect for the person's authority in our lives, not for their sin, not for their abuse. You know, you, we're never to submit to abuse. Uh, we're never to submit to sinful actions. Uh, but where there's always godly leadership, there's going to be godly submission. So I pray for my sister Jennifer, Lord. You're working in her heart. You're working out in her. The I just pray. I just feel. I, I feel. I sense God that she's fearful. And I pray about that fear in her heart. Maybe fearful to get hurt again. Maybe fearful to be abused or hurt, Lord. And and I know it's not your heart for her to be abused. I know it's not your heart for her to be hurt. And so I pray you would lead her and guide her and establish her in her desire to walk in obedience to you on the areas you've been speaking to her this weekend. And we look forward, Lord, to hearing victory, a, a story, uh, a testimony of victory. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, thank you. Call back in a few weeks and let us know, good or bad, okay? Okay, thanks. All right, bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000. Um, Again, Jennifer didn't tell us our, her story, but I have found over the years that submission is difficult because of past hurts, especially in the church. When I teach this, when I teach this to the church, uh, I know there are always people uh, in the audience or listening on the radio that have been severely wounded or hurt by a leader, by a spiritual leader, by a pastor, maybe even a priest. And so the idea of submitting to another person again is just not not in the cards. And I, I understand that, and I respect that that feeling, but I also know that without submission, there's chaos. And and so I think that um, Jennifer's heart, it should be our heart. 303-690-3000. Julian is in Denver. Julian, welcome to the program. Hey, Julian, you with us? Okay, well... Uh, the question that was... Oh, Julian, are you with us? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Sorry. You're on the air. How you doing, Pastor? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, I just had a question about believers who have passed away. I know there's a lot of scriptures that say they're sleeping. And I also read a verse that uh, says, to die is to be with the Lord. So yep. I just want to know which... Is it? Are they sleeping or are they in heaven? No, it's a great question because the Bible sometimes uses language that's descriptive. Um, in English class in high school, we were taught that that would be, that's known as a metaphor where it's using, or a simile, you know, like sleep is is what a corpse looks like when uh, of a dead person. And so sleep that's used in the Bible, um, for example, when the Bible talks about those who are asleep, um, it's a it's a metaphor, it's a picture, it's a type of death, but that's only describing the physical body that's left behind. Uh, it's only describing the act of death because the as you well know, and and I know it's hard to talk like this, but for those of us that have been to funerals, uh, we know that the body that's in front of us is lifeless, right? It has no life in it, and the reason why is because the soul and the spirit have vacated that body, right? Are you with me? So the body looks like it's asleep, but it's actually not asleep. It could never be asleep, right? Because it's lifeless. Uh, and, and not too long after, it's going to disintegrate. 
but the soul and the spirit is always alive and always awake. And the Bible, like you said, in 2 Corinthians 5, says that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so that, that doctrine of soul sleep is, is an inaccurate, false teaching. There is no such thing as soul sleep uh, where there's some kind of intermediary place between here and heaven. Uh, the last breath that a person takes on earth is going to be followed by the first breath if we breathe in heaven. I don't know how it works, but we close our eyes on earth, we open our eyes in the presence of God. And so the idea of soul sleep or or it's some kind of purgatory or something is just not the biblical teachings of, of Scripture or of Jesus himself. Yeah, that's, that's, remember that's what, good news. <laughs> remember what Jesus said? Um, and this was interesting because years ago I was hosting another radio program, the Gino Geraci Show, on, on another uh, Christian station here in town. And a lady used to call to argue all the time. And I actually was doing the show for two weeks in a row while Gino was on vacation. And she kept calling back. She was a Seventh-day Adventist, I think, or a Jehovah Witnesses. I don't remember. Uh, and they both view soul sleep. They both have the same view. Did you know that uh, the Jehovah Witnesses came out of the Seventh-day Adventists? So they took the doctrine and went more extreme with it. But at any rate, she said, when I, when I told her to just a simple scripture, I said, there's no way that soul sleep uh, is... It's true. She said, well, give me an example. And I said, well, remember Jesus hanging on the cross to one of the thieves that repented? What did he say? He said, today you will be with me in paradise. Today. And, and he means it. Like he's meaning, he's speaking in time. And her answer was, well, the English translation's got the comma in the wrong place. To which really isn't, that's really not a strong answer because in the Greek language, there are no commas. And it reads straight through. And the comma was there to enhance our understanding of the Greek language, but there was, there's, no, there's no formatting, there's, there's no uh, periods, commas, and that such. It just reads on. And, and the Greeks could understand the, the sentence structure and such. So the reality of Jesus telling the thief on the cross, hey, we're going to be together. Like you're, I'm not going first and you're coming later. Right now, today, we're going to be together in paradise. It's pretty cool. Yes, sir. Thank you, Pastor. You're welcome. All right. All right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Tammy in Akron. Tammy, welcome to the program. Thank you. Hey, Tammy, can I ask you a question real quick? Uh Uh-huh. Where's Akron? It's, um, do you know where Fort Morgan is? Yes, I do. It's near Fort Morgan. Gotcha. I, th- I was hoping you were calling from Ohio. No. <laughs> <laughs> what can I do for you, Tammy? Um, I've been baptized before, but okay. I didn't feel nothing. So, And I have the Holy Ghost. Yes. But I was just wondering if my husband, who has the Holy Ghost, can baptize me because... There's not really a church around here that, you know, believes in the water spirit baptism. Okay, well, let's talk about that for a second. When you say you were baptized, uh, what age were you? It was actually um, last year. Last year, so you were an adult. Two years ago, yes, I was an adult. And you understood what you were doing? 
correct? I repented, yes. Uh-huh. So there's really no need to be baptized again, because baptism is just a one-time event. And okay, do you, you do it in the name of Jesus, right? Or is it the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? Because actually, I've been baptized... Um, Three times, one when I was younger, you know, little, and I don't really remember yes. that one. And then okay. two when I was an adult. Well, I, I believe we follow the motto that Jesus gave us. We baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we believe that baptism is, I believe the Bible teaches that baptism is your identification outwardly with Jesus Christ through obedience, that the the power is not in the water, but the power is in the presence of God in your life, and that only believers are baptized. So I believe, <clears throat> excuse me, I believe that water, ba- I believe the Bible teaches that water baptism doesn't save a person, but that saved people are baptized. And when you were baptized as an adult, you had mentioned you didn't feel anything, but there's really nothing to feel. So if it gave you a good feeling or you we had a warm sense about it, or you even, the, the Holy Spirit gave you a special touch that day, um, whether you had that or not, the fact that you obeyed God through water baptism is exactly what God requests of us, and there's no need to be baptized again the rest of your life. So my sins are in, re, they're, re, uh, I can't talk. they're forgotten, washed away. Yeah. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you from all sin. Absolutely yes, by faith. You bet. And I got the Holy Ghost uh, June 13th of 2017. Praise God. Only believers receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. So let Thank me ask... You. So not, Okay, oh, with that ahead. settled, let, let, me ask, let me answer the second part of your question. Okay. Any believer can baptize another believer. Okay, good. In any water. We've done it. Um, I was just thinking of one of the pastors, Matt. He has a uh, he has a hot tub in his basement, and we baptized in that hot tub. We baptized in the reservoir. Right now, we baptized in painted horse troughs. Okay, that's what I was baptized the second time in. First time was the <laughs> river. Just, yeah, it's it's amazing, and you know they that's where Jesus was baptized in a river in the Jordan. And when we go to Israel, I guess that's true. I, if I'm think, I, we've I've also baptized in the river because when I take people to Israel, we baptized, we've baptized them in the Jordan River right there at, at Yard and Eat. Oh wow! Wow, that would be amazing. It is amazing. I hope one day, uh, this side of eternity, you know, we're all going to make it to Israel but some will be able to take a tour and i hope one day you might get to be a take a tour cuz it's it's powerful it's such a it's such a great trip that would that would be awesome well thanks for calling in from Akron Colorado god bless you all right god bless you bye bye 3036903000 is the number I was really thinking uh, the way Akron was spelled and everything that, that we, because we get people listening uh, all around the country because of our app. And we are carried on Grace FM. That's our Colorado network. That's a 
ministry outreach of Calvary Church here. We're also broadcast on Hope FM, which is a ministry outreach of the Calvary Chapel in Marlton. And then we're also broadcast on another Christian network called Truth FM uh, down in the southern states, Kentucky, North Carolina, that area. And then we're on a, on a few low-power stations, low-power FMs that are owned by churches. And then, of course, our app. And uh, we're, we're very grateful. And online. Um, I think I put it out today on uh, we posted on on our social media the link for to listen online. So um, join us and tell your friends about Calvary Live and Grace FM. 303-690-3000. Greeley again. We're going to go to line one is Tom. Tom, welcome to the program. Hey, Tom, you're on the air. Oh, man, that's a great question. I wish you'd call back, Tom, because I'm going to answer it anyway. Maybe you can call back. But Tom, Tom, uh, Tom, I have on my call screen, he's trying to find a church. Some of the services feel like a performance, but is that a bad thing all the time or only sometimes? And I would say that there is nothing wrong in my biblical view of a lively, exciting um, worship service. Uh, I I think that uh, music, instruments, anointed men and women that love the Lord, I mean, I do have some convictions. I believe that, that the worship team should be believers. I believe that they should be anointed by God with the gift to lead us. Uh, I believe that they should do their best, right? They should offer to God their best. I am not opposed to lights on the stage. I'm not opposed to to haze on the stage. I'm not opposed to musical instruments on the stage. I'm not opposed to a lively, exciting celebration of our of our salvation. I mean, I think you know. I think of uh, in the presence of Jesus. Remember. Um, uh, excuse me, in the presence of the throne room of God, um, we find that it's a it's a very dramatic setting uh, at the throne room of God. Uh, it's a very dramatic time where you, the worship of God was very dramatic. Um, as the, you know, in Isaiah uh, chapter 6, when Isaiah was called to be a prophet, check this out, it says... Um, that in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. One had six wings, covered his face, the other covered his feet. Uh, And they cried, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. Uh, The whole earth is filled with his glory, and the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. Like it was a dramatic, amazing scene in heaven, it is right now that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, there's worship in the presence of God. And I think there, that, that there's nothing wrong with a tremendous outpouring of excitement during worship and song. However, I do understand what you're saying. If it becomes a performance, then I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to be in a church that's putting on a concert. That's my personal. I don't. I. I, I get it. I, I mean, I. I don't have a problem with concerts. Um, I've. I've seen. I've gone to Pepsi Center. Somebody gave us tickets, and I've gone to the Pepsi Center, and 
and went to a Hillsong United concert, it blew my mind away. God used it as a part of the healing in my grief. It was unbelievable. And so, but it was a concert, and yet they still preached the gospel. People got saved. It was, I was overwhelmed because I'm not really even a concert guy. Period. Um, and I'm not opposed to concerts in our churches. I'm not. I'm not opposed to a hybrid. I, opposed to a hybrid. You know where the the level of music and everything is like wow. But if it's just a fake performance, no, I'm not into that. And if it's just, you know. And, and it's hard to discern, I guess. I mean, I, I, it's a personal preference, maybe a feeling. And, and if you're in a church that seems to be performance-oriented, you should talk to them and get their point of view. Um, but I like what Pastor Ian and the team does here at Calvary. We have a variety. We have a variety. Uh, sometimes there's a full band there with a full setup, haze and lights and all that. Sometimes it's somebody with a guitar. Uh, one week we had the junior high worship team up there. Um, sometimes um, it, it, there's a variety. Some we have different instruments. Um, I it, and maybe one week you might come in and say, "Oh, that's a performance." But I know the people on the stage. It's not a performance. I know them, and I mean, if it was, they would repent. I think Pastor Ian would come in my office and say, "You know what, Pastor Ed? Um, I think this last weekend was a performance, and and let's just pray together." Because uh, I don't want that in my life, or whatever. I mean, he would—he's an honest man. The ministry team is an honest group of people, and so. Um, but the music actually isn't the biggest deal per, to me personally. It's the teaching of God's word. That's the deal. Does the church teach the Bible? That is an essential. Do they teach the Bible? And let me add. I have a firm conviction, not teaching from the Bible, but actually teaching you the Bible. And we call that expository teaching, where we go through the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and book by book, giving not only the knowledge of the Bible, but the intent of the author by the Holy Spirit to the audience and the application. And it's impossible in the human realm to live on on a non-nutritious diet. Like you, if you try to live on, on counting candy all week, it, you'd be sick, literally. And you need a healthy, well-balanced diet. And Christians, believers, the Bible needs to be taught in a healthy, well-balanced way. And so I have a greater concern about churches that aren't teaching the Bible, that are abandoning the Bible, that are teaching other books instead of the Bible, uh, I'm I'm more concerned about that. You're gonna. It's just killing people, and the churches are spiritually, and its churches are overflowing, and they're playing Stairway to Heaven. Uh, that that I that I cannot. That I cannot. That that I cannot approve of. And maybe someone can call in and go, No, Ed, I want to establish to you why it's okay to play Stairway to Heaven during a worship set. Or some U2 song, uh, some, you know, whatever, whatever song that isn't worshipful. You know, there's a lot of argument about different um, different worship styles, but using secular music, I, I don't, I just can't stomach it. And, um, you know, we all draw our lines. So I wish you, if you are still listening, call back. I'd love to dialogue with you about it. 303 690 We are coming up in 
uh, to the first and only break of the show. So looks like lines are full. So text me. Let me see. I've got 30 seconds to see if I could pull a text real quick. What are your thoughts of Christians that seek mediums in the past lives? It is strictly forbidden. It is a sin. Don't do it. And how do I minister to them is the follow-up question. Um, I would open up the Bible and be ready to give the biblical reason why, but I would speak to them about maybe maybe there's a hurt in their life. Maybe they're missing their mom or a loved one. I would... I would not neglect to get to know them first before I gave them the biblical truth, but I would give them the truth. Going to mediums, spirits, astrology, all that is forbidden by God. It is not for believers. Stay away from it. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to today's edition of Calvary Live. 303-690-3000. Phone lines are full, so... I want to get to them in a moment, um, but I want to do a couple things first. One is, uh, there is a text coming through. Um, my name is Anthony. I just want to say thanks for your words of encouragement. I've been trying to press in harder. Um, huh. So, this is interesting. Um, there was encouraging words through Facebook Messenger. Uh, that was not me. That was an impossible. Somebody opened up a fake account on Facebook uh, and befriended people and started reaching out to them. Um, so don't accept any friend requests from Ed Taylor Facebook because I don't have that kind of account and I'm not on Facebook. I haven't been on Facebook for two years. Um, I do. We do have a page for me to post on uh, that. So I'm gonna. Re- if you're not listening, Anthony, or you're still listening, uh, that was not me. I do not communicate through Facebook Messenger. Uh, and some, but we just got it shut down. So the account, the account that we have is, is one of the ones accounts that you like and you follow. It's not the friend one. I don't have that account anymore. Uh, and I haven't been on Facebook for two years. And, um, but (laughs) you were encouraged, but the guy just wanted to steal your money. So that was the path he was on, but God turned it around for good. So take that devil. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. So I'll respond to Anthony by uh, text after the show. Uh, 303-690-3000. Now we'll get to Ken. I'll do something else after Ken. Ken in Firestone, Colorado. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you, Ed, for taking my call again. You're welcome. What's up? Um, so I'm studying through Genesis, and I read through three last week, and I'm on four this week, and i just like some okay. um, more information on... It talks a lot about, it provides um, details about Adam's uh, genealogy, and it goes into some of Cain's genealogy, and then it ends there. But then it goes much deeper into Seth's genealogy, and I'm curious, um, why why does it do that? Why doesn't it provide more information on, on Cain, um, or more information on just the genealogy of up to Seth? Because it does say that well, Adam had other sons and daughters as well. 
I can give you the broader uh, answer because the specific answer, I don't know. That's a really good question. Like I don't have the specific uh, answer that would that would relate directly to your question. But in a broader sense, the significance of genealogies in the Bible are to reflect the importance of the family line. And genealogies are significant because they're going to be used by God to prove the sufficiency or the exactness of Messiah. And, and so many of the, many of, of the uh, genealogies are listed so that the lineage of Messiah uh, can be established. Um, but why one is larger than the other or why some emphasis is given to one or the other, that's a great question. That, that's going to probably take a little bit of studying or at least to see what other people's opinions are, are because you know, when we ask questions, sometimes the answer is the Bible doesn't say. And then, and then when we do that, then we have to say, okay, but then what is the principles of the Bible? What are the, what are things that God has revealed about himself that might be able to speak to that question? But the answer to the question off the top of my head would be the Bible doesn't say specifically why one's larger than the other. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, have a nice day. All right, thanks. 303-690-3000 is the number, 303-690-3000. All right, let's see. Uh, Joanna in Castle Rock. Joanna, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Okay. I just wanted to call and give you some encouragement because um, I listen to you every day on the way to work, and now I've got several other teacher friends all listening to you on the way to work. Oh, <laughs> so wonderful. We are, yeah, so I live out in Castle Rock, and I got saved at the same church as you. No way. What year did you get saved? So, Jeff Jones, I have been a Christian 32 years now. Wow. Praise the Lord. I've been, uh, for me, it's been uh, 28, uh, yeah, 28 years. Yeah, so I got, I got saved at uh, Jeff Johnson's church, and it was really yes. funny because I didn't live anywhere near it. It was about an hour and a half from my house. Because um, I lived in Simi Valley at the time, and a guy led me to the Lord on a blind date, and then he took me to church on the second date to Jeff Johnson, and I accepted the Lord. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And mostly, yeah. I just want to call and encourage you that you're preaching the Word every day, and I watch you on the Internet every single day, so know huh? there's people out here that are watching you on the Internet, and I listen to you on the radio, and my friends are so cute. They, I see them in the morning, they won't even get out of their car until your sermon huh. is done. Wow, that's great. Well, pray for us that the Lord would continue to use us, and we're grateful to be on the radio. Well, I do want to encourage you, and then, you know, I've been praying for your church and for you, and I just have one encouragement. Have you ever thought about doing a Harvest Crusade here in Denver? You know, we have, um, actually. That's a great question. We have. Greg Laurie has actually been to Colorado with the Harvest Crusade many years ago in Colorado Springs, uh, and and it snowed and caused some significant... <clears throat> Um, problems for the crusade, and he hasn't come back through. But maybe, um, maybe he'll come through again, uh, and that, that would be well, amazing. Let's Chapel pray could for just that. lead it, and you get some. Like I used to work for Billy Graham Ministry, and I used to be at Lake Avenue Church, just in the basement, answering the phone calls when people called to accept the Lord. And you yes. never know; there might be a bunch of people behind you. If you want to lead a crusade, I'll definitely come and help. That would be fantastic. Um, pray for that because that's a pretty. That's a pretty big, ambitious um, goal, and you know we worked with um, 
a few years ago, maybe seven or eight years ago, we worked with Franklin Graham when he came uh, to Colorado. He did Rock the Range, uh, and that that was a a really great outreach we did up at that the soccer field, Dick's Dick's Sporting Goods Soccer Field. That would be awesome. I would love to be part of it. Since I've lived in Denver, I have never got to be part of something like that. But when I lived in California, I used to do all the crusades down there and, and go and just be in the audience, and you bring your Bible down, and we would pray with the people that would come to accept the Lord. And it was awesome. And I don't know, I've just been praying for you, and I just really feel like God is moving in your church, just you're honoring His Word. And I watched a special on Billy Graham, and I remember he was really challenged mm. whether he believed the Bible to be completely true. And once he yes. made that decision that it was wholly true, God just blessed his ministry just so much. And I, I see him being faithful and preaching God's Word, and I just want God to bless your church and, and more people to come to know the Lord. Well, thank you so much, Joanna. It is encouraging, so thanks. Have a great day. Keep going. All righty. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Text me directly at 720-336-0897. Off to Sierra Vista, Arizona. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm from Sierra Vista. My name is Hunter. Hey, Hunter. And I have a question for you. I don't okay. know what year or what date I was saved and baptized. Okay. What would you recommend? Would getting saved or baptizing again? Or so that when you say you don't remember, does that does that mean you just don't remember the exact date and that you remember being baptized, or you don't even remember being baptized at all? I remember being baptized, but I don't know what date. What date? Okay. Was. So how old were you? Do you think how how old were you? I think seven or eight. I want to say and. Do you believe that you, um, do you look back at that time in your life and, and think, and do you, do you really believe you were saved at that age? Like it was a real, you did this on your own, you were baptized on your own? Did you, is that how you look at it? A little bit, yeah. Because if you were, I mean, I don't think eight years old is too young to be baptized if the, if they understand what they're doing and... I don't think you need to be water baptized again. However, because you're wavering on it a little bit, it may be okay just to solidify in your mind before adult, as an adult, to be water baptized. It, it wouldn't hurt you. It's not It's not prohibited in the Bible. It's just not necessary to be baptized over and over again. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so, I just was wondering about that. Yeah, it's a great question. I think uh, we do we do have, and we have found over the years that there are folks that have been baptized that it wasn't really something that they knew they were doing, or you know they were encouraged strongly by their parents or something, and and they get baptized again, and then that just that's one less thing of concern in their life, and that may be for you, and it, you wouldn't be sinning if you were baptized again. Okay. All right. Thank you so much All right. for that. You're welcome. God uh, bless you guys. And Sierra Vista, I was there last year. Um, yep. The pastor of the Calvary Chapel there is a good friend of mine. Pastor Pat? Yes, he's coming out, actually, in a couple weeks to do a, a pastor's breakfast we're holding here. He's going oh. to minister to the men uh, in the morning, and his wife is going to minister to the pastor's wives at night. Oh, wow, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I watch you guys on cool. Wednesday nights, too, actually. Oh. Well, thanks. Thanks for joining us. Really good service you guys do Wednesday nights. Yes, and it, it, Wednesday nights are great. We, I, it's one of my favorite times of the week. 
Yeah, it's awesome and amazing. And I read that All right, Hunter. God bless you, man. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions. Let's see who's next here. Chris is in Fort Collins, Colorado. Chris, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> a couple of speakers ago, um, the gal talked about ex- uh, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, and I was that kind of threw me. Um, I was wondering, how do you know you've received the Holy Ghost? I've been baptized, and I have the gift of the Spirit in tongues, but um, that question just kind of threw me. I want to make sure I want the Holy Ghost as well. Well, the way you just described your life, you have all that God has for you when it comes to the indwelling and empowering of the Holy Spirit. Uh, what What I think the sister was referring to, even though we didn't clarify it, she probably attends a very Pentecostal church. And they place an overemphasis on this <clears throat> receiving the Holy Ghost and that you have to go through a few things here and a few things there, and then maybe you receive the Holy Ghost. But um, I, the way you described your life, you have the fullness of the presence of God in your life through the presence of the Holy Spirit. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, why then do I feel... Um, and oppression in my life? Well, that's a great question because that oppression is normal. Uh, spiritual warfare is normal. Uh, difficulties are normal. But they get twisted around in our lives and our minds to think that somehow we're not a good enough Christian. And we, it kind of reflects, the, it kind of reflects this, this um, uh, Western culture emphasis on works and Western emphasis, our culture's emphasis upon pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. Or as I was saying in the first part of the program, you know, this is people look at the Bible as a self-help book because they think that if they just do things, then things will be different. And and actually, the culture that the Bible was written in was the Eastern Middle Eastern culture. It was it was a culture um, of the New Covenant. You know, really, when you think about it, the New Covenant's invaded every culture. And the new covenant is God's work in us, not our work in God, but God's work in us. And and when you use the word feel, I want you to pay attention to that in your in your vocabulary because feelings are super like heavy and they're they're hard to to get away from. They're you know feelings of sadness, happiness, oppression. Feelings are real, but they don't always tell us the truth. And so we have to yield our feelings to, to the Lord and really protect our minds. Remember, our minds uh, are, is where the battlefield is. And that's, that, that's something that we're always worried about our hearts and our feelings, but God's always emphasizing our minds, taking every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. But you're probably feeling oppressed because of spiritual warfare. You're probably feeling oppressed because difficulties are in your life and you know, you you meditate on those feelings, they tend to only get worse. How can we protect our minds, then, better? 
Well, that's a great question. You know, like in in our minds, the Bible speaks of us uh, wash, like the Bible speaks of the husband washing their wives with the water of the word. And so the word of God is the protection for our minds, that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. And, And so we want to protect our minds by being in God's word. We want to protect our minds by focusing our thoughts. Remember what Paul wrote to the Philippians? He said, be anxious for nothing, but in all things, by prayer and supplication, make your re- and with thanksgiving, make your requests be known to God. And listen to the promise when he says this. It's just for your reference, it's Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. He says the promise is, in verse 7, that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then he says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And so it's important that we read the Bible. It's important that we memorize the Bible. It's important that we think on the right things. It's important that we dismiss the wrong things. Like that's a, that's a lifestyle day by day, moment by moment, that we're learning how to fix our eyes on Jesus. We're learning how to look to him. And let me tell you how easy it is. You ready? I I can get into your head. Did you know that? I can get into your head. You ready? Okay. Don't think of a pink elephant. Just don't even think about pink elephants, pink elephants, pink elephants. Did you think about a pink elephant even for a second? Of course. And then you dismissed it because we're not going to talk about pink elephants. And you're not going to let me keep talking because there's a power that you have that God is, it's a God-given power to control your thoughts. And here's what happens. We get so deep in oppression or depression, we get so deep and caught up in our tribulations that we begin to feel like we can't control our thoughts. And that's just a lie. And then what do we do? We believe the lie, and then our lives start being lived out based upon a lie. And our minds have been incredibly... Uh, created by by God and enhanced to the nth degree by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And and the fact that you're being oppressed right now doesn't make you a bad Christian. It's actually normal. Well, that's good. Uh, Makes you always question yourself. Well, and there's a healthy part to that and an unhealthy part to that. You know, the Bible does say to examine ourselves, whether we're in the faith. That's healthy. But when we over-criticize or we over-condemn or we, we you know, like, let's say the devil's met, like, for example, let's use this, the dumb analogy, it's easier. Um, I was able to make you think a pink elephant for a second. And then you go, what, a, what an idiot I am. How come I let him let me think about pink elephant? Like, that would be the wrong response, wouldn't it? The right response would be, no, I'm not going to think that way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my mind somewhere else. Instead of beating ourselves up, or what the Bible calls condemnation, we, we simply obey God, focus our thoughts on them, and, and we don't condemn ourselves because we failed or the enemy got some progress or whatever it might be. Okay. Are there, do you know of any um, plans for a Calvary Baptist church to come to Fort Collins? There is, uh, we aren't Calvary Baptists, we're actually called Calvary Church, or the we're part of the Calvary Chapel family, and there is a Calvary Chapel in Fort Collins. 
Tell me more. Yeah, let me get you the phone number. He's a very good friend of mine. He's actually been here uh, longer than I have. Uh, and he, we both come from Southern California. And let me see what his phone number is. I haven't memorized it. Have you noticed we don't memorize phone numbers anymore? <laughs> yes. I have it here. It's His name is Dave Pierce. And the uh, church is Calvary Fort Collins. And their phone number is 970-224-2750. Okay. And the website for them is calvaryfortcollins.com. And like I said, I know him personally. And uh, he is a good brother. He and his wife, Angel, and their kids have faithfully served in Fort Collins for 23 or 24 years now. Well, I'll give him a call, and uh, we'll check this out. Yeah, I think you'll be blessed. He's, like I said, you'll be very, very at home there. And, and you know, the, the thing about our church is, you know, we're not the best church. We're not the only church. But one of the things that you'll receive in a Calvary Chapel is the balance between the emphasis upon the sound teaching of the Bible and the openness to the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. And those two are very those two things are very vital for the believer because life change comes by the Holy Spirit using the word of God in the people of God. And it's kind of it's kind of minimized in the in the culture today where, you know, the pulpit's filled with good stories and charismatic people and and like you know that it's but but like good stories and charisma doesn't change a person but the bible does another and, uh question i have is we have a new grandbaby oh uh, nice congratulations one. thank you and so uh coming out of the catholic faith Years ago, uh, you always think of baptism for infants. Yes. And instead of uh, actually like a baptism, I kind of think of it now as a dedication. Yes. Um, would that be a good way to proceed? Absolutely. That's what we do here. We have adopted something known as uh, baby dedications or family dedications where it you you're able to bring your child up on the stage uh we and all your family it's kind of like an evangelistic thing where you invite all your friends and family to church that day we teach the gospel you know we preach the gospel to them we bring your family up on stage and we follow there's a pattern you know little samuel was dedicated in the old testament jesus was dedicated at the temple and so it's not unusual to present a family before the church family and say look this family wants to raise their kids in the ways of the Lord. And we bring them up. We pray over them. Uh, in our church, we give the kids a Bible. Uh, we write a little card for your family book so you have a dedication card. And and there's, I, I remember dedicating all my kids, and it just gave me that commitment that I'm going to raise my kids in the ways of the Lord. And I'm voluntarily doing it, whereas baptism in the Roman Catholic Church is actually viewed as a sacrament that if you don't do it, you're not saved, which is just not biblical. That's how I understand it now too. And and you're and, and what's happening is you're developing a more biblical view of life, and 
the things that you were taught religiously are going to fade into the background and you're going to find, no, this is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says. This is the biblical worldview. You're beginning, it's almost like glasses. I wear glasses. Uh, if I don't have my glasses on, I can't see. And if I put someone else's glasses on, I can't see. But if I put my glasses on, I see perfectly. And I see everything through my glasses. And life is the same way. I can't see anything without the right glasses on. I, if I don't have the right truth, then I'm not going to be able to see anything. And if I don't put on the right glasses and I use some other some other teaching or some religion, then I'm not going to see clearly. But if I put on the glasses of God's word, he will assure that I see things the way he wants me to see them. We call that a biblical worldview. Okay. So well, thanks for calling. Let me know well, how it goes with Dave. For all, my, uh, um, for all the answers that you've given me, it's given me a path to go forward with how exciting i'm very excited for you thank you thank you all right god bless you bye-bye ah we're coming up on the end of the show and i just want to get the word out one more time any facebook that is asking to friend you don't friend ed taylor do not accept a friend request from ed taylor it is not me uh, it is someone setting you up to take your money. Uh, our Facebook accounts at the church are follow accounts, um, and and so and I'm I'm I post to Facebook. That's all my per- most of those are my personal posts, but I I use a different program to post to it. I don't even get on there. So don't ever don't ever Facebook message me. Um, you have to connect. You can connect with me if you want to connect with me. Go to my website edtaylor.org and email me there. Uh, that comes to me. And I get that, but <clears throat> I will never reach out to you and ask for money. I will never reach out to you and ask for you uh, iTunes gift cards or any of the weird things that that the scammers are doing right now because they've done they do that all the time. Um, you know, hey, I'm Ed and I'm stuck in Arizona and send me iTunes gift cards. I, I don't don't do that. Don't I don't need your iTunes gift cards. Um, the only time you'll hear me speak about money is when the Bible's teaching about tithes and offerings, and I want to teach you about it, and then also. Uh, I'll mention to give to Grace FM. Um, that's not giving to me at all. That's giving to the radio station. Uh, it goes through the radio station uh, website. It goes through our accounting. Uh, it is a church ministry. It goes to pay the costs of our radio station. Uh, so you can go to gracefm.com and you'll see our, our website and um, give. I do. I'm asking you to give to Christian Radio. Um, we are not one of the big dogs like Caleb or, or um, Way FM. Um, or even Salem, Um, we're a church-run station, so is Hope FM, so is Truth FM, and we literally need your support to continue on the ministry. And so give. Give on the app. Go Go to your app store, download Grace FM app, donate there securely, do it monthly. Um, I've been watching these um, commercials on television, and you know, there's a lot of different causes out there, but the cause of Christian radio is life changing. It is gospel life changing. And think of how God's used his word and the gospel to change your life. And we're just committed. This is one of our outreaches as a church. We are committed. Um, you know, we, we would say, like, oh, you know, the Lord gave us a radio station, and he did. But it also cost millions of dollars to purchase and hundreds of thousands of dollars to run. And so the, the way that God gives is through his people. 
And, you know, so if you think, wow, that was great. I wish God would give us a radio station. Well, it, it wasn't like, it, it's a euphemism. <laughs> give, well, of course, God owns everything. So anything we have comes from him. But there was a business transaction too. We To buy both of our stations, um, it was many, many, it was a lot of money. And to run it monthly is a lot of money. So we just trust God, but we're also going to ask. Uh, Jesus said, if you don't ask, uh, you don't receive. So in our prayers, we ask. And in our show, we ask. So if you're listening to this on Grace FM, support us. Um, if you're listening on Hope or Truth FM, support your local Christian radio. Do it ongoing um, because that'll that'll help accounting too, just to say, hey, this this helps plan and any projects we have to upgrade. Like we got to do a big upgrade. Um, something broke. I don't even know what it is, but we're waiting to hear back what it's going to cost. So the Lord's good. And we're grateful. We're so grateful to be a part of your life. Come to our church. If you don't have a home church, come on out, Calvary Church in Aurora. We meet on Hampton and uh, Tower. We're basically on Hampton, a block east of Tower, right next to the Safeway. Saturday night, 6 p.m., Sunday morning, 845, 1045. We broadcast live online. Our website is calvaryco. CO stands for Colorado. Calvaryco.church. And uh, we are the Calvary in aurora and we are grateful to be a part of your life grateful to be grace fm calvary live in all that the lord is doing may you be blessed and encouraged if you want to connect with me personally edtaylor.org make sure it's org not.com edtaylor.org love you guys bless you You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.